Villas Grace Church. Building relationships that make followers of Jesus. Know, grow, go. To know him, to grow in him, to go with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are just um, thankful to be able to be here this morning. As we turn to your word, Lord, I I pray that this message this morning convicts us in a way that's provoking us to want to continue to pursue you according to what your word tells us, to repent, to turn back to God on a consistent basis because of the good news of Jesus. We know that we are able to do that. We pray this in his name. Amen. We begin a new sermon series this morning. We just went through the book of Galatians, and now that we're done after many months of studying the book of Galatians, we now begin a short sermon series called, Does the Bible Really Say? Because let's face it, there's a lot of things that we think the Bible says that the Bible actually does not say. So, does the Bible really say? say. And I can guarantee you this, there will at least be one, maybe two, maybe all that you hear over the next few weeks, sayings that you actually thought came from Scripture. So with that being said, and as you look at this image on the screen, as we get into what we're doing this morning, I want to read this quote that you see on the screen. It says, Man cannot remake himself without suffering, for he is both the marble and the sculptor. This is from Alex Carroll, or Carell, or however you pronounce his last name. Would you agree with this quote? Would you agree that man cannot remake himself without suffering, for he is both the marble and the sculptor? Is this gospel truth to you? Now, here's another question to ponder. Does a self-made man or a self-made woman actually exist? Is there such thing? How about a self-made millionaire? Is there such thing as a self-made millionaire? If either of these were true, then I think it'd be safe to say that God saves those who help him save themselves. See, if you would say that a self-made man actually exists or a self-made millionaire actually exists, it'd be safe to say that God saves those who help help him save themselves. Now, Is that statement gospel truth? The answer to that question is found in our sermon this morning titled, Does the Bible Really Say God Helps Those Who Help Themselves? Does the Bible really say God helps those who help themselves? This morning we are going to be anchored in the book of Ephesians, We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 4 and ending in verse 10. We're also going to be looking 
at a few other scriptures this morning, actually one particular scripture. We're going to be looking into the book of James, but mainly this morning we want to find ourselves in Ephesians. And in the coming weeks, we're going to explore the various sayings that people falsely accuse the Bible of saying. We will compare the verses that are misused in order to make God say something He never said with the portions of Scripture that contradict the manipulation that we will uncover. We are going to discover, church, what it is the Bible actually says. So before we begin in Ephesians, I just want to look at this verse from James chapter 4, verse 8. It states this, Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, and you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. This is God's Word. However, this is God's Word that has a tendency to be manipulated by those who try to tell us that God helps those who help themselves. See, the verse that we're looking at here in James to kick things off so we can compare really is a call to obedience, which isn't a one-time action. In fact, we should draw near to God over and over and over again. It should be continual, so it's safe for us to now ask this question, why are we being commanded then by the Bible to actually draw near to God, church, we're being commanded because we are in a battle daily. We are under constant attack from our adversary. So when we draw near to God through things like reading our Bible, prayer, worship, fellowship, serving one another, we are better prepared to withstand the attacks from our adversary. Essentially, these things remind us to repent. Remember that thing we do? It's called repentance. Turn away from your sin and turn back towards God. Which is why James ends this verse right here by saying, Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Church, Jesus is very clear in John 6 when he states, No one comes to me unless the Father who calls them draws them. Hmm. What a great reminder that there is no such thing as a self-made man. Now, let's get into our text that proves as much today. Now we go to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God 
not a result of works, so that no one may boast, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. These seven verses this morning are defined by this one sentence. Our main idea states this. Faith in Jesus is a gift from God. Faith in Jesus is a gift from God. Think about what that one sentence is telling you. Your faith in Jesus was given to you. Does anybody remember the group Callaway? Oh my goodness. Nobody had Callaway on tape, cassette, LP, vinyl? Am I the only one that still listens to Callaway? Should I now be embarrassed like my 10-year-old, soon-to-be 11-year-old daughter is with me when I pick her up from school listening to my music? Have I just let the cat out of the bag? Nobody remembers Callaway? This is the cover to their single. You guys remember that song, I Want to Be Rich? Nobody remembers this song? Do I have to sing this song now and embarrass myself further? Oh, now you guys want to hear it, huh? Now we're alive and well. To you, maybe I don't really care. Actually, Mr. Eddie could sing them good. I know he could. You see, I want money, lots and lots of money. I want the pie in the sky. I want lots and lots of money. So don't be asking me why. I want to be rich. You guys remember that song? Who remembers that song? All right, now we got some people here who remember this song. You know why my mother remembers this song? Because when I was 16 in my bedroom getting ready for the day, she heard this blaring out the door. That's why. These lyrics represent a problem that this world has, though. Unfortunately, the world thinks that it's money that makes you rich. This couldn't be further from the truth. See, it's the attributes of God that actually actually makes us rich. And most namely today, it's His mercy. And most namely today, it is His grace that gets the job done. And we see precisely this in verses 4 through 7. And in verse 4, we understand that God is, as it says, rich in mercy. So now take a look at verse 7. We understand that He will show us the unmeasurable riches of His grace. See, mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Because what we all really deserve is judgment. Don't go judging me for listening to the Callaway. But that's what we all really, truly deserve. Now, grace is God giving us what we don't deserve as well. Because what we really do not deserve is salvation. Also, grace is a gift. Now, do you notice whose mercy this isn't? Do you notice whose grace this isn't? Your mercy. My mercy. Our mercy. Your grace. My grace. 
our grace. It's God, as it says, who is rich in mercy. It's God who owns the immeasurable riches of his grace. See, without God's mercy and grace, we'd still be, as it says in verse 5, we were dead in our trespasses. We were once hopeless, helpless sinners. But in God's love, He showed us mercy. In God's love, He extended to us His grace. Not because we were good in and of ourselves, but because of the good in and of Him. Now, let's reflect upon our sermon title for today. Remember, sermon series, Does the Bible Really Say? Sermon title, God Helps Those Who Help Themselves. Look at verse 6. And raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We didn't raise ourselves up. God did. We haven't seated ourselves in the heavenly places. God has. So tell me, how again do we help ourselves, actually? How do we really go about doing that? How could we have helped ourselves if we were dead in our trespasses prior to coming to know Jesus? Hmm. Church, I think we're missing something here. Really, truly, I, I think we're missing something here. See, I don't believe that God helps us at all. In fact, there is no mention of help in any of these four verses. Can somebody find where it tells us that God helps us? See, in order to help someone else, one must do a certain percentage of the work. Not all of the work, but a percentage of the work. So no, God really doesn't help us at all. Do you know why God doesn't help us? I mean, it's actually really simple. There's a reason why God doesn't help us. And the reason why God doesn't help us is because God saves us. And his salvation has every Thing to do with the good in and of himself. Because without Jesus, there is no good in and of us. I don't know about you, but I want to be rich. You better believe I want to be rich. Not in like pass the offering around a couple more times. There's a couple here that's relatively new. I think it's like their second time being here, and I jokingly told them that they could put extra money into the plate, but that's not what I'm talking about. I don't want to be rich in money, lots and lots of money. No. I hope you're encouraged as you Read this this morning, knowing that all we need is His mercy. All we need is His grace. I want to be rich in the Lord's mercy. I want to be rich in His grace because without Jesus Christ, 
we are hopeless because we were helpless. And this brings us to the first point this morning, and that point is this. God saves helpless people from being hopeless. God saves helpless people from being hopeless. I don't know about you, but that gives me great confidence moving forward. Again, our main idea, the one sentence that defines all seven verses for us this morning states this, faith in Jesus is a gift from God. Now, this individual here is probably the greatest activist of all time. I think we'd be foolish to argue otherwise. Actually, maybe not of all time, but in recent history. This man has done more for more people than what we even realize for over the last hundred years, for sure. And see, when Martin Luther King Jr. spoke, people listened. His speeches are legendary. I would bet that each one of us here could at least recite a line or two from one of his speeches. However, did you know this? He's since been accused of plagiarism. In 1955, Martin Luther King Jr. received his doctorate in systematic theology from Boston University. But in 1988, it was determined that King had plagiarized a third of his thesis from another student. He's also been accused of plagiarizing portions of his most famous speech that we all probably know, I Have a Dream. And that was plagiarized from a preacher named Archibald Carey Jr., who orated a very similar speech at the 1952 Republican National Conviction. Church. We aren't immune to this behavior ourselves. In fact, the Bible is pretty clear that we all have a tendency to take credit for someone else's work. And what's most unfortunate is that we do this with our very own salvation. We recognize as much in verses 8 through 10, and Paul begins verse 8 by saying this. He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is the same grace from verses 5 and 7 from earlier. This isn't a new grace, the same grace, because one thing you've learned here at Villa's Grace is that we like to take the Bible in its context. We don't like pulling verses from here and here and here and here and then saying that this is what the Bible says. But no, what's really happening is the preacher man went and found verses to back up what he really wanted to say. But if we look at things in context, we will allow the Bible to say what God wants his word to say. Same grace, in verses 5 and 7 that we see here in verse 8. And that grace is still a gift, which means that God's grace is something that we do not deserve. And since we know that without Jesus we are helpless and that we are hopeless, we therefore 
do not want to think that we actually deserve salvation because let's face it, brothers and sisters, in Jesus, we don't. Now let's observe grace as a gift. After all, verse 8 ends by saying, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. This further solidifies the notion that God does not help those who help themselves. Because even our faith in Jesus is something that we did not come up with on our own. Because our faith in the person and work of Jesus is a gift given to us by God. Brothers and sisters, the, the grace of God cannot be sought, and quite clearly it cannot be bought. However, our salvation came at a very high price. Through Jesus, we were redeemed. By God's rich mercy and His immeasurable grace is what bought us at a price. Even those who believe man is both the marble and the sculptor, those who claim to be self-made men and women, no matter how much money they are worth, they can all still measure how much it is they are, in fact, worth. Now, can't they? The richest man in the world is still able to measure his riches. All the while, the attributes of God are immeasurable. See, God designed this perfectly so that no one, I mean no one, can take credit for his work. No one, I mean no one, can plagiarize what he has done. Confidence in your own morality Confidence in your own good work is really to plagiarize the work of Jesus. Speaking of God's perfect design, verse 9 calls each one of us out. See, if we could actually help ourselves, if we could actually earn our salvation, do you know what the first thing it is that we would do next the very first thing that we would do if we could actually save ourselves, the next thing that we would do according to verse 9 is brag and boast. Verse 9 says, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So as Joe joins me, this morning, I'd like to make some final observations from verse 10. But before we begin to make these observations, let's start off by asking a question. If God helps those who help themselves, then why does the Bible say, right here in verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. 
Wouldn't it say, for we, along with him, have worked together? Don't you think that's what it would say if God helped those who help themselves? See, God is the artisan. We are the marble. And he alone is the sculptor. It's the marble who owes its conception to the sculptor. Just like we who have faith in Jesus owe our character, we owe our morals to God's mercy and His grace. Because after all, we know God doesn't help those who help themselves because of how verse 10 ends. Where Paul writes this, he says, which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. Church, if we leave here this morning, we should understand that God, first and foremost, does not help those who help themselves. But we should understand that it is all contingent upon His mercy, His grace, and His work upon the cross. God left heaven. Jesus goes to the cross and paid that high price for us because we could never pay it ourselves. And this brings us to our second and final point this morning. And that point states this. God has gifted us our own faith in his work. God has gifted us our own faith in his work. Again, our second, our first point this morning stated that God saves helpless people from being hopeless. I don't know about you, but I sure am glad that I am no longer helpless or hopeless. Can I get an amen? And it's all because of the work of Jesus. And let us not forget our main idea this morning. Quite simply, faith in Jesus is a gift from God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for what you have told us and revealed to us about yourself. Our prayer as a church is to be able to go forward with this message, sharing with others the good news of Jesus so they can come to a saving faith in him too. Use Villa's Grace Church to do just that. We pray all of this in the name of Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. For more information, look us up on our website, www.villasgrace.com, or drop us a line via email, connect at villasgrace.com.